Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten. How are you? I am good. We are podcasting in bed. Ghosts and ghouls out there, your girls are coming live at you right now from the coziest of blankets. I literally had to redo the intro three times to this because I was starting... And I forgot where I was. I literally said, hi, everybody, and just paused. <laughs> Ten was just staring at me. She was like, you don't know where you are, do you? <laughs> and then Chelsea was like, Ten, you might have to carry like the beginning. And I was like, fuck, how does Chelsea start the episode? Oh, my God. I know. I think it's just like, because we're this is the last episode of the month, and it's obviously not the end of the month. We're we're filming uh, ahead of time because I'm going to Ireland, and like we just want to make sure all the episodes are out and ready for <laughs> May. And like we've just been filming podcast after podcast, and I think I'm just like blacked out. I blacked out. <laughs> I I think I both out. did. Like you're leaving to um, take us all on paranormal activities in Ireland tomorrow i just got done defending and graduating so like both of our minds are just fried (laughs) yeah we're just fried but we're here and you know what this is gonna be a new segment that we're introducing to the podcast because ted and i were sitting here and saying we just kind of come on here and just go and here is my 15 page thesis on why hecate is not just the mother of witches and it's not found anywhere and we decided the last episode of every month is going to be uh the ghost host hotline ghouls and gossip and we're going to be just sitting hanging out with some coffee chit-chatting about anything we want to talk about getting on a soapbox spilling some gossip and we're going to be reflecting on the past month so we hope you guys join us in that but yeah we were like we need a podcast to just like chill you know chill but that we can still get up on our soapboxes on our bed you know yeah like I am all about telling you guys all of my ancient theories. You you know I live for it. But what <laughs> I need a break from is blacking out academically because I just got done defending. I cannot tell you how to spell my name accurately right now, but I will tell you what's up in the ancient world today. I know. And also, congratulations to 10. She's officially done with school forever. I thought forever for 10. I was talking to Chelsea and of course Kevin because husband but I was talking to him and I was like I've never been out of school I you go to school in the states at five for kindergarten I am 29 everybody yeah. out there like I made my dream come true of getting my doctorate before I was 30 but like fuck what do you guys do outside of school you guys don't have homework and due dates like what you find other things to worry about. <laughs> I I can't wait to read for fun, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, to everybody listening, a little, little upcoming spoiler for summer. I'm going to be reading uh the song of Achilles. Oh my god, I was gonna bring this up on this episode. Get out of my head. It's like you're psychic. That book ruined me. <laughs> so I can't wait to read for fun and I'm ready to get hurt again. And I can't wait to read it because I I know what happens, the gist of it. You know, it's the Trojan War. I know what that shit is. Right. But Chelsea read it, was wrecked, and was like, bitch, you need to read. And so I can't wait to read it and then just cry. Cry everything and then come on and talk about heroes and how they ain't shit. I know. I know. We do have to do a heroes episode. But yeah, The Song of Achilles, if you're wondering, it's an excellent book. I know I'm kind of late to the game on it. I just finished it. Um. And it honestly ruined me as a person. But I like, you know how I told you guys I was going through that really like weird depression in April. I was almost done with Song of Achilles and I was looking out for myself. I'm like, you know what, Chelsea, you cannot finish this book right now. Okay. You can't because it's not going to make you feel good. So I had to actually (laughs) wait. And every day I would stare at my dresser where the book is and go, not today, but I will see you next week and we'll revisit this. But I finally finished it. So she did and then she texted me and was like i'm unwell <laughs> yeah it was it was an unwell moment um but yeah i listen classic <laughs> people online were like making fun of us people that read the like fanfic song of achilles and i'm like you know what stop being elitist okay stop being elitist we get it it wasn't in the iliad and the odyssey we get it we get but it we just want romance God, <gasps> just, just let us get hurt jeez 
leave us alone. We're not saying it's correct. <laughs> let people enjoy things, God damn it. I'm tired of the internet. Just let people live. God damn. Jeez. Anyway, I also wanted to do this. Um, so many great ideas came to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do this um, for the podcast at the end of the month, and I hope our viewers do partake in this. And, like, obviously, when we post the Instagram post for this, please feel free to write it in the comments. Um, but it is called The Thorn and the Rose. And basically, every month you think about what was your thorn, which was, like, you know, the thorn in your side, the thing that sucked this month. And what was your rose? What was your favorite thing about this month? So, Ted, I'm going to ask you, what was your thorn and what was your rose? Which I know you probably have so many. <laughs> <laughs> so many thorns. Um thorn was the bureaucracy bs i had to deal with with like graduating and everything just like waiting paperwork like the whole shebang waiting for all that nonsense um cutting ties with people and i mean i think the biggest rose was living out a dream of mine that i've had since i was like six years old and getting to see my family and friends and being able to do it defend and be like holy shit i'm done like i did it that's a pretty big rose <laughs> I, I think i'm just gonna retire right here man i'm I'm going out on a high note <laughs> i think we just don't work ever again <laughs> this is tense signing off bye um but what about you it's a good question and maybe this is good um i really have to think about this usually i know i think the yeah. thorn for me probably was um I struggled with a lot of like my PTSD this month, but mm -hmm. um, I've been working on healing that. So I know it's part of the process, but it is like a struggle when you suffer with mental health and like, you're just trying to do normal things. And it's really, really hard. Like, it's really hard to just even be in a group of people. Mm -hmm. um, but my rose, I would say is I've been spending a lot of time with my family because both of my cousins who are sisters are getting married. So I've been going to bridal shower after bridal shower. Um, and it's been really nice because I always talk about my aunt Jean on this podcast, my great aunt Jean. Shout out, mm -hmm. aunt Jean. Shout uh, out. Shout out, aunt Jean. I never met her. I said this before, but she is my connection to Italian folk magic because she was, I guess she would never consider herself a practitioner, but my family passed down those traditions to me, even in death. So those are her grandchildren. And she died before um, they were like even one and before one was even born. So, um, I feel like she lives on through me and anytime they see me, they ask me if I heard from her and I always am able to like relay messages. So I feel like she, her like spirit lives on through me while they're getting married. You know, this is the month of Angene, man. <laughs> this is all about Angene. And I have to say like, shout out to my dad's family. Cause they're so cool with like the spiritual stuff. And I always mm -hmm. say that on the podcast, but they always, the first question they ask me, have you talked to Angene? I'm like, girls, you know, I talked to her in my kitchen this morning. <laughs> So actually what's really cool um, for my cousin's wedding coming up in June, I'm going to be doing a whole like Italian folk uh, like blessing for her because when you're walking down the aisle, you want to talk about evil eyes, man. Mm, yep. That's when them bitches be giving you evil eyes. Mm -hmm. That's why oh. I kept, that's why I kept my marriage a secret for a year. Exactly. And this is to all of you out there who are getting married or in wedding season or are celebrating something. I know you guys always make fun of me for my evil eye talk, but let me tell you, it's true. So like, I'm going to be doing a whole like evil eye working for her. And she actually like is allotting time to like have like a spiritual hour, you know, where we could just sit and do evil eye workings. So I love that. And shout out to Aunt Jean all around. Jean, I don't want to say I'm playing favorites because my middle name is Jean, but really, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, my middle name is Jean. I didn't know that. I guess, yeah, I guess why, why, I, that's not really a question I would normally ask somebody. What's your middle name? <laughs> Penninger Jean. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I, go, I go by both my first and middle name on the internet, Chelsea Lynn. Got that. Not Crystal. Not Crystal. Not Crystal. No, not Crystal. <laughs> that's not my name. I know. I got Tenninger, like, as my full first name and then, like, my middle name and then last name. And I was like, hmm, at least one of those names is short. I got Jean. <laughs> Or you could just like write the number 10, 10. That's true. Or any 10. number, 11, 25. If you ever become famous one day, you just sign 10. I sign that in cards to like Kev, my parents, my sister. Yeah. All, yeah. All why them. would you? 10, done. Go Roman numerals, X. Oh, even better. 
just sign an X. That's so fucking mysterious. Who is she? Who is she? That's a ghoul. That is a ghoul moment. And you know what? I'll take that. I hope you guys like really, really like this episode. (laughs) But, um, no, it's funny. We were having like really like comedic banter before I pressed record. And I was like, can you shut up and save it for the podcast? (laughs) Cause like now I forget. But Ten was saying she's becoming funnier. So she's not doing her dissertation anymore. And she graduated. I'm like, yeah, good. We need you to come back. Thanks. Yo, who am I? I hope I'm fun. (laughs) I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But it'll be cool to see, you know, what we now bring to the table. Because now it's not just Chelsea full time. It's Chelsea and tennis full time. She's back. She's back again, man. She's back. Here we go. Also, for everybody listening that enjoys our metaphysical store, the summer collection is coming and you guys are going to lose your mind. Oh my God. And I'm your so- wallets. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I'm so excited for today. And before we dive in, if you don't mind me, I don't even know it. what we're diving into. It's kind of just a hodgepodge, but keep going. Oh, I have Wait, a few can things I, take I want the- to talk about. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> can I take the wheel first, Miss Daisy? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I. So there's been some incredible archaeology news. So I'm going to nerd out one last time. But this Tuesday, so what is, I don't even know what today's date is, man. But anyway, we're like the third week of May. And this Tuesday, they just found two new victims from Mount Vesuvius at Pompeii. That's crazy. And it's not like how it was before, like the plaster cast, because, okay, when people perish in a volcanic eruption... People didn't realize that there were human remains there and they poured plaster in it to fill the gaps and any organic material was no longer there. So it caused holes, plaster filled it in, you have body casts. Um, We also have casts from Akrotiri on Santorini of like beds, all that kind of stuff. But these are actual skeletons that are preserved and one was wearing a ring. I love that. And in the next room was their household shrine. Oh my God, who was in their shrine? Do we know? We don't. Um, It was painted. There's a lot of frescoes in the house from what I've seen in the photos. And unfortunately, they did not perish because of the volcanic eruption and the pyroclastic flow, but likely because of the earthquake that was triggered with it. And it seems like one of the walls fell on them because <gasps> one of the skeletons had their arms raised. That makes me so sad, but I would truly love to know who is in their household shrine. Who are you worshiping? Who are you worshiping? Um, the dead. What, what are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Who are you worshiping? <laughs> There's so many incredible household shrines in Pompeii. It's insane. I know. I need to go back. We passed it because we went to Sorrento and we just didn't have time to get to Pompeii. And mm-hmm. I, I plan on going back to Italy because like family, Sicily, things like that. So I'm going to go back and Pompeii is on my list to go to go to i know we've talked about pompeii before but that's truly incredible and i hope we find who shrine who was in the shrine mm-hmm. that'll be fun but thanks for your archaeological news ten. Oh yeah i asked the good people of instagram what they had questions on so i was like let me talk about pompeii hell yeah <laughs> um okay so i guess we'll just dive into our hodgepodge today oh one thing i wanted to talk about that i was getting questions a lot on because if you follow me on instagram i post witchcraft content more so than i would on tiktok and i'll be honest Mm -hmm. with you i don't like tiktok i don't like the people of tiktok i don't want to be there people think they know more than you um or they critique your craft and i just find that i like to post my spells on instagram so if you're looking for my witchcraft content you're never going to find it on tiktok you'll find it on my instagram though so quick instagram plug um it's a lot nicer on Instagram. I don't know why. There's, it's a lot nicer, less feral from what I've seen. That's, yeah. that's, that's not a full send. But um, also there's less pseudoscience, pseudoarchaeology, pseudohistory being pushed. And I know that was a big question I had um, from Instagram of what's my opinion on Graham Hancock, who did Ancient Apocalypse. Oh, boy. So, king pseudoscience person right there. So, yeah. no, I hate him. Uh, you can quote me on that full send all caps um but it's so interesting because so many people on the internet just think that they can say whatever they want because it's the internet and it's like or hear me out we listen to specialists hear me out 
Yeah, or you just look at historical fact. Hear me out. We don't cherry pick historical facts. Yeah, yeah. I've been getting a lot of weird um things on my like um content. Um, someone got mad at me the other day because I said that Hikate possibly could have originated from Turkey, which is a theory, but there is a lot of supporting evidence behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't negate the fact that she is a goddess in Greece. Like it's not taking away from something else. It's just well, wait till we get to the Aphrodite episode 10. That's what I want to say for the listeners. Aphrodite didn't come from Greece. So correct. Period. Full send. <laughs> um, I know it's gonna upset some people, but that is just the way of the world. Yeah, and I think it's it's perfectly okay to say, like, you cannot cherry pick evidence and be like, no, Hakate, X, Y, and Z, only in Greece. Bop, bop, bop. That's fine and dandy, but you also cannot be closed-minded and only look at greece you need to look at the wider eastern mediterranean everybody is talking to everybody people are moving ideas art religion spirituality is moving so she is a latecomer in greek mythology as we've said before look at any of our hakate episodes i think it was the the deep dive of is she actually the goddess of witchcraft but she's not she's older and she's found in anatolia which is modern day turkey before she's in Greece. So if you're going to follow Ovid's Metamorphosis, or if you're going to follow Homer, or if you're going to follow Hesiod and his Theogony, just make sure you're aware of that and being like, no, I'm only focusing on this, which is fine. But understand that that's your bias. Yes, you couldn't have said it better. And this leads me to my next point. Um, I posted a, I just, I'm just clearing the air here. Um, and I know people that leave these comments on my videos do not listen to my podcast, but I'm just going to clear the air for anyone that has any questions. The evil eye working that I posted on TikTok and my Instagram is not just found in Greece. I just want to make this very clear. Mm-hmm. Italy and Greece are right next to each other. What do you think they're not talking and sharing things? That the evil are. eye is found so widespread. And yes, a lot of people do use olive oil, uh, water. And other tools to remove the evil eye as well as a secret prayer. Now, I want to say this too, because I was getting a lot of this on my video, that I'm not supposed to be teaching this. Yes, you can. Everybody has very different familial practices. That was not my personal familial practice. That was actually found in an Italian folk book created by an Italian practitioner teaching Mm -hmm. people the basics of evil eye diagnosis. Now, Mm -hmm. my personal evil eye diagnosis cannot be taught until Christmas Eve. And a lot of people follow that tradition or that it, um, you have to perform it before sunset. So you can practice that. It can be taught to you, but don't sit here and say like, this isn't right. It's not correct. It is correct. And some families practice that way. And I think with folk practices, um, it kind of gets tricky because, Everyone is using the same tools, but it's almost done significantly different. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, absolutely. Everybody in the Eastern Mediterranean has olive oil. Yes. They're all going to be using it differently. Yeah. So I just want to say like there is no, when it's coming from a folk practice and it's coming from your family, um, that's your familial practice, right? And there are a lot of similarities, um, I also got a question too, is Italian folk practice closed? And I think I answered this before, but I'm just going to, since we're on the topic, let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. There's going to be varying opinions on this. I am going to say, no, it's not closed. But if it's not part of your background or you didn't grow up in it, I ask you why you want to practice it, unless you're going to um, respect that culture and those superstitions. Um what is closed is what my family teaches me. I'm not allowed to teach anybody else that unless they're part of my family and the, not blood because great Aunt Jean and I are not blood related. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're not family like that, but like the, the evil eye workings that I do on Christmas Eve, I can't teach just like the internet. Like that's yeah. closed to my family. Correct. You're not going to pop on on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Hi everybody. Who's ready to learn. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's like because everything was done in secret. So a lot of people have differing opinions on this, um, and both are right. Yeah, people can say it's closed. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it depends, you know. It depends. It's it's um, it's folk practices are interesting, and I feel like it's kind of something new that's come up. I mean, because like I said, if you were to ask Great Aunt Jean if she was a folk practitioner, she'd be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> <A> who? <laughs> 
I'm just doing the, my thing with the evil eye over here. So yeah, just make sure you're studying um, your folk practice. I get a lot of questions. It's been coming a lot uh, up a lot in my ancestor readings that I've been doing. So, you know, it's hard because if your ancestors didn't practice it, yeah, it's hard. Anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was my soapbox on olive oil workings and Italian folk magic. I love it. Here for it. Yeah, I know. Um, did you have anything else you want a soapbox about? Oh, you know, I could soapbox all day, man, but I don't know. Hit me with something else on our list. Okay, our fine. List something just came to my mind. Um, this is just a little tidbit of information about Hikate because I saw something on, on the internet. We're just going to do like debunking the internet segment. Um, <laughs> it was a candle with Hikate with her breasts showing. <laughs> and I just want to say this for the people out there. Hikate is a virgin goddess. You would never find her showing a part of her body. And no. she's not this like dark, divine, feminine, badass figure that you're going to find with her breasts hanging out. I'm sorry. That's so disrespectful. It scared me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No. Ancient artwork where that is depicted. No. She had a skirt that went past her knees. Yeah. She actually wears the same um, chiton or I don't want to say toga because that's not correct, but that's the only word that's coming in my brain. But like <laughs> her her dress, the robes that she wears, um, it's it's the same that like unwed women would wear. Um, and it goes down below the knees, as Chelsea rightfully said. It's the same um type of robe that like Artemis wears. Yes. You know, and it's meant to represent a certain part of yourself, unwed, virginal, usually meaning that. And remember, dress hairstyle everything was ritual and meant something in the ancient days and times to the greeks and the romans you had to wear a certain dress to designate your status your hair had to be worn a certain way and if it was that let people know oh they're a vestal virgin or oh they're a bride they're about to um move from girl to wife to matron of the household so everything meant something so Please just be wary of that because I know no ancient art that depicts her that way. She's not written that way either. So yeah, please be careful. Um, I think that's super disrespectful, just me personally. And it's like, this is why we always say like, make sure you know these practices. Um, But I think this leads us to the ghost host hotline story that I did pick for today and pulled up. I'm going to read it. Ten and I did go over this before we go over them before we do the podcast to make sure you're like, eh, can we answer this? Do we want to answer it? But yeah, just she is a virgin goddess. So please be careful. Um, she gets roped into this dark divine feminine bullshit, um, which is not part of Hellenism. And she's a very powerful goddess that really demands respect. And I know I've been like fighting the good fight on my TikTok, but <laughs> just be careful if you have naked artwork of her, because that is not something that she was. Um, yes. So it, it kind of weirded me out a little bit, but you know, whatever. It is what it is. Okay, so we have a two-parter. And this is from our ghost host hotline. Um, So let me read it. Ready? Hi, ghosty ghoulies. I've been binge listening to the podcast this past week after finding it for the first time. Totally devouring it. Love that for you. Um, <laughs> I have two main questions to toss out for you. Cover one, cover both, cover neither. It's your life. I already love this person. <laughs> right? Gobbles and ghouls. Um, That's what I am. I, too, am to devoted to Hikate and, funny enough, was led through um, to find Hermes. These two are the only deities to hold permanent altar space in my home, but damn, is it hard to try to collect information on Hermes. Um, so I actually had to stop reading this here because I looked at 10 and I was like, Hermes is actually really well documented in Greece. And this is not like at the person who asked this question. I'm going to continue the rest of this. So here we go. Hecate has a thousand books on practice and devotion, even books like the Hecateon, but Hermes hasn't gotten the same love. Do you have any recommendations on sources to develop a practice with him? And I think the reason why we wanted to address this is because I think a lot of people are misunderstanding what practicing means. Yeah. Practicing is studying what the ancients did and replicating that in a modern way. Uh -huh. um, I have the Liminal Rites of Hecate book. And yes, it does go through, um, <clears throat> you know, Hikate over the time, even in uh, Solomonic magic. But the best way I can give you advice to develop a practice with a divinity is to leave offerings like the ancients did, if accessible to you, and do what the ancients did in a modern way. That's how you build a practice. It's not finding a book. I know Hikate has so many, 
mm-hmm. um, on rituals and things like that. Like there's also the Greek magical papyri, which is also a little tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to say, like, is there a book? No, there's no how to guide for ancient practices. I mean, even the ancients didn't have that. They kind of had how to spell books, but know how to practice it a lot of it was private household cultic worship so that's the domus sphere but everything else it would have been state regulated so hermes i would definitely look into sacred days plants sites where he has ties to also understand that he does have ties to many different deities i mean how could he not he's a messenger of the gods um he's a cathodic entity he goes between realms so in excuse me in of that he is so multifaceted and he also helps ferry the dead in so there's so much so there's not going to be one singular book entitled hermes out there or entitled apollo or entitled demeter anything like that unfortunately we don't have that so i would definitely say Look at sacred sites. Look at what archaeologists, historians, classics people are stating about him. Perfectly said. Yeah, I think people really want a book on how to work with a god. And I implore you that when you enter that, it's becoming worship in its own way, too, where you're leaving the offerings the ancients used to. Um, And if that's something you're going to do, make sure you're abiding by that belief system. Like we always say, it is an open practice, but we do need to respect Hellenism and where these gods are coming from. Like they expect things to be done a certain way. And I know this was, this is not the person asking the question, just a general, once again, statement of like people on the internet make it seem like it's this fantasy book that happens to you. It's not. Um, These gods, once again, have duality and Mm -hmm. they demand respect. And actually someone got mad at me because I used the term appease. Um, like you need to appease the gods, but that's what the ancients thought of their gods. So you were either in pietas uh-huh. or in impietas. Right. So I uh, I say to you, all of you out there who say, no, you don't have to appease. Please, please research. Please open a book. Yeah, please. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> okay. Um, so that is the best way to practice with Hermes is by studying, you know, leave him offerings, build a relationship. Um, that's what you do when you get, you get into a practice like this. So that is practicing. Um, I know there's a million Hecate books. Be careful with those books, by the way. Um, Liminal Rights is one that I recommend. I really do like Liminal Rights. I think that's an excellent book. I have read that from back to front and back to front over again. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not a primary source, but I think it is a great book that has everything very concise, um, and does talk about the fact that Hecate maybe does originate from Turkey. And I really loved that about that book. It kind of goes from like who she was in modern time to like her transition into like magic over time. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. Okay. Second parter. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I really want to touch upon this. Cause I think a lot of people struggle with this. Um, I was raised Pentecostal slash, um, non-denominational in my twenties. I became Catholic, but now I realize I was attracted to the witchy aspects of Catholicism, which hell yeah. Catholicism is so witchy. We love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now Christianity sends a rust of rage up my spine because I feel so coerced and manipulated throughout my life. And I feel like you're not the only one that feels that way. Yeah. Um, I feel like this gets in the way of me connecting to my Southern folk practices of Appalachia and very much feel like my ancestors get territorial when I start working with like other beings in other pantheons. Um, cue the, she's not a Christian, wife swap meme. <laughs> I always say that to myself when I'm walking into like a, a church. She's not a Christian. <laughs> um, I feel almost energetically blocked by family. If that makes sense. Is there a way to bridge this gap or move forward with more empowerment? Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Finally feel like I found um, conversations led by two gals. I find genuine interest in much love. Thank you for your really nice message. And yeah, we can Aww. help you with this. Um, what's, what's some advice you would give to someone like this? Oof. Um, advice i would give to somebody like this is i would pull from where i too came from which i had to spend a lot of time deconstructing kind of the anger and the rage towards the catholic church and realize that it was not the religion itself not you know the teachings of jesus or the big g upstairs it was the people teaching me it was the four walls in a roof that i was put under and all of that so 
learning how to deconstruct that, learning that, you know, this religion came from a certain time period, may have been influenced from X, Y, and Z, learning all of that and what was left out and seeing what this religion has done for so many people, millions of people throughout the millennia and understanding that it's, it's not the religion's fault. Unfortunately, the religion has become weaponized. It's people who are the issue, unfortunately, which never trust the living. But with that in mind, if you are being called or interested in worshiping, you know, certain Greek gods, you know, like Hakate and Hermes, like you mentioned, but you're feeling kind of conflicted because uh, my grandpa Joe over there doesn't want me to be doing that because he's like, no, you got to do your Southern folk practice. If you're being called to do both, figure out how you can separate church and state in a sense. Don't mesh the two together, work them out amongst yourself. But also at the end of the day, I don't think enough people hear this, but you're always in control. You are always in the driver's seat. So if you're like, I'm going to worship Hakate, cool beans, set those boundaries with your familial line, your ancestors, and be like, if you want to work with me, if you still want offerings, that's great. But I too am going to be leaving offerings to Hakate. Yeah. And I feel like I can speak on this because I had to set these parameters with my own ancestors. Um, I have some ancestors that love me very much, but do not agree with my spiritual practice that are on the other side. And that's fine. I Mm -hmm. was offended by it at first because I'm like, I'm just out here killing ancestral trauma and you're not going to want to help me. But you know what? (laughs) That is their prerogative and they're dead. And if they want to rest in peace and they still, you know, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not here for what she's doing performing necromancy. That's fine. But yeah, like 10 said, um, you know, how do you set boundaries? Say them out loud. Say them in your head. They hear you. Um, and only invite ancestors that are for your highest good forward. You know, we all have some ancestors, like we said um, in the last podcast episode, that sometimes we don't want to connect with or we don't feel close to or we find we're really not great people in this lifetime. You have control over who you can speak to with your ancestors. You don't have to talk to everybody and they don't have to agree with the things that you're doing. It doesn't make it wrong if you're in another practice. Um And I really struggled with that because I came out of Catholicism, ran straight to Hellenism, right? Because I was like, oh my God, I'm running away. (laughs) And then I slowly was like pastured back to Catholicism in a folk way, not even like the um, the church way. Yeah. And it's, it's still hard, like, you know, because it just gets forced down your throat. And I'm lucky where it wasn't so bad for me growing up. You know, my parents were not very um, religious we, you know, we, we did the holidays and I went to CCD, but it wasn't like it was in my home 24 seven. So I think that I, I'm able to get over my religious trauma a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, just take, take your time with yourself, but just know that a lot of folk practices, um, require you to work with saints and call upon God and Jesus and the Holy spirit. So you have to be ready for that. So just also don't rush into things too. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do both right now. Take your time and maybe yeah. for you right now, Hakate and Hermes and doing Hellenic worship is where you need to be and, you know, get back to folk practice later, you know? Yeah, I you didn't don't start have to later. It's not something I started with. Yeah, you don't have to start with it and, you know, maybe take some time, get to know yourself better, get to know, you know, where you come from and all of that. And I think being more informed about all sides is going to help you feel more comfortable either expanding into the folk practice or being like, you know what? I'll try again next year. Yeah. It's, it's no rush. Um, you know, I basically kicked and screamed when I was entering a folk practice. I literally called 10 and I was like, I'm going to (laughs) puke. Yeah. I was going to throw up St. Anthony. But, you know, I truly, listen, I am a St. Stan, St. Anthony. I'm a St. Anthony Stan for life and St. Michael. Um, they truly have like changed my life and also helped heal a lot of like my own religious trauma because saints, besides St. Michael, he is uh, a being on his own. Saints were people. And I know we talked about that. So I love that about them because they understand us. Um, they understand us a little bit better than sometimes than the divine can because they are flawed. They are people like us. They They make these choices too. So- um anyway hope that answered your questions um but yeah don't rush into a folk practice everyone thinks they got to be in a folk practice only do what you're drawn to okay yeah don't worry about it ancestors are tough ancestors are hard ancestor work is not easy i'm gonna say it for the 15th time 
it is a huge undertaking. Yeah, no, it really is. I know. Anyway, did you have any more questions from your Instagram that you wanted to address or anything else? I think that was only ghost host hotline uh, we had for today. Oh, by the way, if you want to email us um, your, you need life advice, you need help. You're like, Oh my God, I have a paranormal story. It's evoking E V O K I N G dot CMC at gmail.com. So email us your stories. I love doing the ghost host hotline. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have, I don't have anything else that, Oh, actually, since we've been covering at least two mystery cults, um, I had a question. How much evidence do we have of initiatory cults secret or otherwise among the common people? Well, uh, we have quite a few, quite a few common people. I mean, I will just say this within archaeology, the most preserved things that we have a lot of times comes from grave goods, which are best preserved from the elite, unfortunately. But we do have evidence of, you know, just regular everyday folk joining um, different mystery cults. Um, I know, for example, in the cult of Mithras, um, enslaved men could join, but you would just need your master's permission. But as long as you had permission to do it, it was open to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we do have evidence. And Christianity, Catholicism is a mystery cult. So yeah. Is. I'm part of a mystery cult. I love that. And when you told me that, I'm like, I'm part of a mystery cult. It's Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, also popular I'll say one. I'll say something controversial. Miss, I'm sorry. Christianity, Catholicism as a whole fits all the tenets of a mystery cult. It does, dude. You have to be initiated into it. The only thing that is different between Christianity and other mystery cults of the Greco-Roman time period is the other ones, like the cult of Dionysus, the Eleusinian Mysteries, the cult of Mithras. Those were all heavily based in secrecy. Meanwhile, the people of the Christian faith faith were out there spreading the good news. So secrecy wasn't so much a huge component to them, but everything else checks their boxes. You go through initiation, that's baptism. You receive secret knowledge and you have a close personal relationship with God. Absolutely. Um, You are given, you know, a way to live and certain information. And lastly, you are promised salvation in the afterlife. So check, 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 and check. Care for it. When you told me that, I was like, a mystery cult girl. (laughs) Mystery cult girlies unite. (laughs) Yes. Catholic girls made all those sacraments. I never finished them though. I have to, there's a marriage sacrament. There's uh, and then last rites when I be dead, but actually I want a coin. So maybe no last rites. No last rites. Yeah. No last rites. I I can have both. I don't know. I don't really know, man. I, I thought there was one more. I could be wrong. What? Sacrament? Yeah. I don't think so. I think marriage and then last rites is the last one. I never got confirmed, so I'm I'm one behind. Oh man, Ten. You you're you know what? She's out. She's out of the mystery cult. She's not a Christian. She's not a Christian. Oh my god, that has to be the meme for the podcast. <laughs> I always say that in my head. Um, anytime I'm around people I know that don't like my practice, I'm like, they're probably saying in their head, she's not a Christian. Listen, that is what it is. Um, also, how did everyone like Peter Oakmond? Um, we talked about problematic Norse symbology. Now we can start jumping on the Norse train. It is very important. Like I said, if you follow Norse creators, if they are not talking about problematic white supremacy in Norse paganism, that is a red flag. We as a community need to be talking about um, the symbols that are used in um, very far right movements. Mm-hmm. And actually, there was something um, I believe it was in Ohio. I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, I have to check that. Fact check me. Uh-huh. Um, someone posted it and I saw it um, where there was a, a very big white supremacy group. I think it was Woden. Um, once again, not sure. I could just people were surmising from the bind rune written on their face um, protesting. Pretty sure it was drag queens or something to do with LGBTQIA+. Sorry, I only have half the story. My brain is fried. But um, it's important to recognize those symbols because then you can tell this person's motives. So um, very important that we listen to the white supremacy episode. Peter was great. Um, he's a professional tattoo artist that does Nord- Nordic ornamental art. So um, he specializes in having to know these different types of things. 
But anyway, now we can dive into Norse mythology and Norse gods because we talked about the red flags. So that's important. Oh, absolutely. And especially with the um, Odal, Othala rune um, having and turning into the squatting Othala. So it has like little little legs at the end. Um, Be very careful um, with that rune specifically. So just be sure you are doing um, your homework on that. Um, actually, if you look up, you know, neo-Nazi or Nazi um, symbology, um, I think it's through the Department of Justice has a whole like um, pamphlet on different symbols, symbology, the ones that have been used um, and bastardized and become, you know, the face and forefront of white supremacist groups. So gotcha. definitely check that out um, because there's more than a few runes on there. So careful out there everybody yeah gotta stay safe gotta be careful um it is unfortunate but you know it's something that we need to study and bring light to and now we could talk about norse paganism because we learned the problem i'm so, ex- I'm so excited symbols so now we can now dive into norse gods and Norse myth- mythology properly absolutely so ask people if you see um runes and be like oh do you know what this means and if people are saying oh it doesn't concern me or it's not my problem red flag yeah, problem, especially when we're white. So it is it is white people need to be calling this stuff out um, because we can step to people like this. Mm-hmm. So I will fight any alt-right person any day of the week. I am like JWoww from the Jersey Shore. I'm not officially 100% healed and I, it will come out. <laughs> it will come out. Oh my God, something happened to me. This is another thing too I wanted to say. Your healing is not linear. Like, I snapped so hard this past weekend on somebody where I didn't even recognize who I was. Like I literally almost tore them to shreds and I had to just take a moment and I like it happened and the people around me, their jaw dropped. And I was like, holy shit, why did I just do that? But you know, you can only take so much sometimes from people that you just fucking crack. Yeah. So I told Tan the story and she was like, oh my God. It was beautiful. It was so well done. Like. I would have stood up and give, given you a standing ovation, man. I know, but I do beat myself up sometimes because I'm like, God damn it. Like, you're so much better than that. But no, no, I'm not. I am a person with feelings and I am not fully healed. So when a motherfucker, excuse my language, wants to step to me like that and intentionally push my buttons, you're going to get the JWoww Jersey Shore. <laughs> I tried. I took deep breaths and I was like, I usually walk away. But this time I was like. Chelsea swung for the fences like I really did not with my fist but with my words oh yeah but listen sometimes it just happens man you just can't help it yeah sometimes you gotta let the rage out I miss the rage (laughs) I miss the rage I know my teenage self would have been so proud of me (laughs) get (laughs) him I know because now I'm like I deep deep breaths just walk away it's not worth it but no sometimes it's fucking worth it oh oh it felt so good after I felt guilty for like two seconds I'm like you know what no that was deserved Sometimes, okay, speaking of an unhealed moment, I had a similar issue where I was- Accountability (laughs) stick time. (laughs) Pass me the baton. (laughs) Sometimes you do have to realize, hmm, I could just end things with words. But I was part of this weird thing, um, a weird group chat and with the family. And I was just like, you know what? And I know we talked about this before on the podcast. Like, if people reach out to you for birthdays or big events or whatever, like, bye, see you later. So it was some BS that was a year later of no accountability. And I was like, I could just implode and make Mount Vesuvius look like a cakewalk. Yeah. But instead, I decided to just remove, I just (laughs) left the conversation and it shows up. 10 left the conversation. You know what? That'll cut people more. (laughs) Eight school. I one time left a group chat without any sort of reasoning. I just disappeared and never spoke to people again because I found out they were doing something behind my back. This was like years ago. Um, And it's great because I know all the shit that must have been talked in that group chat. Oh my God, she left. Oh my God, she's crazy. Yeah, you know what? I did leave the group chat and you guys are lucky that I didn't snap. (laughs) So I'll snap harder than Thanos, man. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Um, you know, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Now, I, I am very healed. I'm working on my healing. But man, I can only heal so much. <laughs> so let that be a lesson out there. It's okay if you snap sometimes. It happens. Yeah. 
Sometimes people deserve it. Oh my God, I was going to say something and I forgot. The thought left. The thought left. I saw it come in and I saw it fly. Nah, it's fine. Um, But yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. I don't really have much to add in terms of like my healing process and what else is going on in life. Oh, I'm leaving for Ireland tomorrow. So um, when this episode airs, I hope everyone enjoyed all my videos. (laughs) I hope I have them posted. She'll be in Ireland. And what I'm so excited to see secondhand from you and get live text updates is what kind of interactions you're going to have. Cause I know you want to ask locals like questions and interview them. And I want to know what the good people think in Ireland about banshees. I want to know what people think of about, you know, the fae and fairy circles. So if any listeners out there are in Ireland, shout out to you, Ireland. Well, I could tell you something. Um, my ancestors won't even talk about the Fae because of how much, how scared they are of them. So I'm know. just letting you know, like there's, um, the Fae are scary and they are not like the fairies that you just find in your garden. They're chaotic. So I am going to interview some of the locals. Um, I also plan on vlogging a lot. I'm doing a paranormal tour, hopefully of the castle. Um, so to future me, I hope you vlogged because this episode airs at the end of the month and you're going to look like an idiot. If you <laughs> No, I would love to um, have like a Celtic archaeologist or um, something close to that on because there's so much we just don't know about that region. And just the writings that we have are just coming from Rome at the time. And it's just like, what are we missing? We're missing a lot. We're missing so much. We actually don't have any, literally anything on Celtic paganism. So for people out there that are like trying to say we have all this information, we don't even have a lot of information about the gods. It's it's all based on what we surmise. How about that? Yeah. When I teach outside of Rome and I, I teach, I teach my students, um, you know, to the East with like sites uh, in modern day Syria, like Palmyra. And then of course I bring people up to uh, the British Isles and Ireland and what is now today Scotland and everything. And I have to sit down with them and be like, okay, we think we have at least a few gods that we know of. And that's not even including the Morgan. It's including like these lesser known divinities that we might have from like one inscription. Yeah. And there's one and I'm blanking on her name. So I apologize to everybody out there, but we only know of this one goddess because she had a healing spring and priests actively working there. And she was later like surmised with Minerva from the Roman pantheon, who is very similar to the Greek Athena. So it's so fascinating that like we're only getting like this point of view from like a secondhand account yeah. from 2000 years ago. Yeah, right. We don't have a lot. So if anyone says we have things and we know things and there's things about druids out there, no, we do not. No, we do not. We don't have anything. Um, it's every single person that teaches about this and actually knows what they're talking about on the internet will tell you that it's actually really hard and they're trying to modernize the practice and it's very difficult. So um, trust me, I'm trying to reconnect with my Celtic side to learn these things. And it's, oh my God, it's a minefield. It's a minefield. I'm like, I can't even think about it. Yeah, yeah, like nothing I think was written down, so we have nothing. I think it's hard being like an Aegean prehistorian, and like I look over at like Celtic archaeology and everything, and I'm like, hey, oh, wow. first time oh, yeah. we're in the same boat, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, so um, yeah, I think that's it. But I'm excited to take you guys with me to Ireland. Um, we hope you enjoy this episode here on Sticks and Bones with us just hanging out, relaxing. Um, the spring collection is on sale mediumship course our foundations one mediumship course is 10 percent off until the summer solstice and be on the lookout because we're coming out with our summer collection soon it's going to be sick it's going to be um birth of venus aphrodite focused venus focused um so you know it's going to be hot girl summer no matter how you identify oh yeah everybody after you listen to this go look up botticelli's birth of venus all know that image but just go look it up it's gorgeous but oh my god I forgot I have one slight paranormal story. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, so when my family was actually here for graduation and everything, uh, my mom was up in her room late one night. We were all asleep and stuff. And she kept hearing footsteps in the upstairs hallway on the third floor. 
And so she kept waking up because, you know, she's a mom. Any moms out there, parents out there know that, like, you're kind of always up because your kids might be up. They might need something. Somebody could be sick, you know? So my mom kept hearing footsteps and she would think, oh, my God, is it Mark, my dad? No, he's not getting up. No, he's in bed next to me. And then she would keep hearing footsteps and she's like, is Tara, uh, like my sister, okay? So she got up, opened the door. There's no cats out there. No Iroh just like, hi, can I have some food? Like, <laughs> that. A, he sounds like a man, like a human when he is walking anywhere. Like He does. He sounds like he weighs as much as I do. No, he really does. And so she was like, no, Iroh's not here. Sean's, no, no Tara, no, no, nobody. And she goes in bed and the next morning she wakes up and she tells me and I'm like, oh yeah like that's just totally normal like house spirit cemetery backyard like it's probably one of them like it's it's so weird because you know being me and chelsea it's normal it's almost like <laughs> it's normal it's almost like white noise for us so i'm just like she's like i heard so many footsteps i was like okay <laughs> cool I don't even notice the footsteps in your house. I'm just like, oh, what's up? Um, I actually, this is funny. I asked the spirit for advice the other day. Like, I literally was like, oh, I have a problem in my house. <laughs> I got a random spirit I was asking advice from. So funny. Polar was like, I heard footsteps all night. And I was like, huh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's just normal. Yeah. I, I think I forget. It's like not normal to a lot of people, like, at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that's that's it for today's episode. Thanks for your paranormal story. I can't wait to share more when I come back. And thank you all for being here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate our podcast in the store. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on our social platforms. Um, like I said, I post a lot more different things on my Instagram than I do on my TikTok account and vice versa. Um, and we'll see you next time. And I'll be back from Ireland. So we'll do an Ireland update. And hopefully 10 so didn't pass out from running the store by herself. So hopefully she's alive. Okay. But we'll see you all next time for, or next month, at the end of next month, for more ghost host ghouls and gossip. I know, we didn't really have any gossip this time. Hopefully I'll have gossip. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> On the tape. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.